championships and you know half of the last 20 years um, there's, a, there's a blueprint a formula um, that we try to, to stick by and we know what works and again if you have a better team coming back really mindful of making sure that we get to utep and then kent state and then nebraska and so forth and so on uh, with a fast healthy fresh football team if I would have told you 20 years ago, hey, Teddy of all people is going to be a media personality and on uh, the color guy on the OU football broadcast, would you have believed me 20 years ago? <laughs> oh, oh, hell no. I don't think yeah. I said seven words the whole four years I was uh, I was at OU. Yeah. Not, not, not when he was a meathead linebacker back in <laughs> Love you, Ted. Um, I missed you Saturday. I know. Hour three, T Row in the morning show on a Wednesday, <laughs> still August seventeenth. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I missed you too. Missed you too. Um, <laughs> I I am excited and ready to be around my guys again. I know. Uh, I have not. You know, we don't. I don't see. Ted, we we text a lot, but I don't see him a lot after football season ends, and and the whole crew, stats and um, Shep, don't forget, even Drake. Don't forget, don't forget anyone now. Even Drake, I'm excited to be back around him again. So it's a new season, and here we go. Here we go. Okay, whoo we um, TJ, are you ready? To drop some knowledge on the folks out there. Now you rattled off. Let me remind people. Let me uh, pull up. I don't think I wrote down your picks yesterday. Yesterday we made some predictions here on the leading rusher. We both said Marcus Major, right? That's correct. I even threw away leading, my list. Leading wide receiver. I said Marvin Mims, and you said uh, somebody else. Theo Weiss. Yeah, that's right. Theo Weiss. Good pick. Leading tackler, you went Stutzman. I went Deshaun White. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most sacks, you went Marcus Stripling, and I took Ethan Downs. Most impactful freshman on offense, you went Jake Taylor, a pick that was endorsed by the head coach later in the day. Obviously listening. I went Jaden Gibson, a big wideout. Most impactful freshman on defense, Remind me who you picked here. I'm uh, drawing a blank. Did you go with the Canic kid? At oh, yes, yes. That that's who it was. Yes. 
Jaron Cannon? And you went with uh, I took R. Mason, uh, R. Mason yeah. Thomas, the one-man law firm. Um, most impactful transfer, Dylan Gabriel, the obvious choice, and I also dropped in Jeffrey Johnson on defense. And uh, so today we're going to uh, give people a difference maker this year, one on offense, one on defense, that nobody's talking about right now. Doesn't matter classification. Doesn't matter experience. Doesn't matter position. One on offense, one on defense. This guy is going to be a difference maker for this team this year, TJ. And right now, nobody's talking about him. Uh, All right, TJ. Let's start on defense. Who is your nobody's talking about him difference maker this year for you? Maybe the... I had trouble with the this one because on both sides I would think of guys and I'm like, no, nah, because I've heard stuff about them. So I'm going to go, and maybe uh, there's been more talk about this individual than I'm recognizing, but I'm going C.J. Colden, transfer from right. Wyoming at cornerback. I like it. I think he could potentially Somebody at some point in the about season, him yesterday. Uh, Remember they just said Wyoming. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to agree with them. Um Experienced guy, good tackler from what you hear, um, and I think he's got a chance to to make an impact there at that spot. So that's who I'm going to go with. I haven't heard anybody talking about him. Nobody's talking about him, TJ. Good. I, pick. I mean, I don't know. If it's I a... think you just mentioned someone text in about him yesterday. So I forgot well, about that. They didn't even say his name. That's well, how that's little true. he's being that's talked true. about. They just said Wyoming. That's all they said. Um, I like it. I have no idea if it's a good pick. Time will tell whether it's a good pick or not. But at least it is an off-the-radar pick. I am going to take on defense Jonah Laulu. I thought about that guy, but I can't pronounce his name. So I said, ah, I'll go with uh, C.J. Colden. Well, that's part of the reason I'm picking him, because uh, that's a fun name to say. Laulu. Laulu. Plus, T.J., he's a defensive lineman with a single digit which I am always attracted to. Fan, he's where's the number eight? Six five two seventy. Uh this is the Hawaii transfer, folks. And I know there's been a little bit of uh scuttlebutt about him out there, especially when he uh when he made the transfer decision. I haven't heard a lot about him though in fall camp. At least my ears haven't heard a lot about him. Um I think he's got a chance. I mean, that defensive line is going to rotate some bodies up there. There's going to be a lot of guys. But this guy looks good, man. I mean, he's a he's a big dude. Not, I mean, he is cut. 6'5", 270, like I said. Um, I like him. I like him. I think he's got a chance to be a guy that plays a whole bunch for them and is a big-time impact guy for them this year. Plus, his last name's Laulu. Laulu. Jonah Laulu. You want to try it? Laulu. Laulu. How about on offense, TJ? Give me a difference maker that nobody's talking about. Jake Taylor. No, I can't use that now. Can't use that now. I mean, you can if you want. Uh, My pick's going to be very unpopular with a lot of people, Uh, very boring to a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to select Zach Schmidt. Kicker. <laughs> is that offense? I well, guess it's it is. more special teams. But I'm, I'm saying is. games are going to come down yeah. to his leg at some point. No and he's replacing an important guy that was key in that role. 
And is he won the job? Yeah, Are you right. declaring yeah. that Zach Schmidt has won the job? Uh, Gavin Marshall, I guess, could have a say in this. Uh, I'll pick whoever wins that job. I'm just saying it's going to come down to uh, uh, games gentlemen. are going to come down to an important situation here, and those guys will yeah. factor heavily into that. So that's why I'm putting them offensively. And I get what you're saying about are they offense. I get that. Expect to hear later today that Zach Schmidt <laughs> has been named the starting kicker at OU. DJ. DJ's inside sources. He's accidentally given away some intel. Probably Schmidt doesn't even know it yet. And you've just, like his family right now, is celebrating. Of course. Um, Schmidt family, big into the show. I'm going to count it, TJ. I'm going to count it. All right, all right. I know a, it's kind of a scoring, little bit of a, a stretch. A, a scoring drive could, an offensive scoring drive could end with the kicker jogging onto the field and tacking some points on the board. So um, it is a special teams player you've picked for your offensive. That's right. That's right. Nobody's talking uh, about. Slash but I'm Jake gonna, Taylor. It's a great point you make. Um, the Burkich era is over. And inevitably, there's going to be a very important kick or five at some point this season. And... Somebody's going to have to be a difference maker. Green Bay making declared, a mistake. I think they've cut uh, Gabe. So You've declared today that it'll be um, – well, he seems like he'd be right up Aaron Rodgers' alley, doesn't he? <laughs> like those two would hang together? Seems like he would. Okay, I'm going to take – I was I was going to take Daniel Parker, but I think there's been a, quite a bit of hubbub I had his name recently. written down. He was the uh, – uh, really, the tight ends in general with uh, Braden Willis and Daniel Parker. Yeah, like you keep hearing them in a combo and stuff, but they just mm-hmm. keep getting thrown out there kind of randomly. Yep. So I had those names written down. Yeah, I think there's been too much talk for him to fall into this category. I do think Daniel Parker, in a variety of situations, will be a key part of the offense this year. A big blocking tight end who undoubtedly they're going to sneak into the end zone on a play action at some point and throw him a two or three touchdowns this year. But uh, I won't say Daniel Parker, but I will uh, say another Missouri guy. I'm going to take J.J. Hester. You heard anybody talking about J.J. Hester, TJ? Um, no. Everything there is, you know, Marvin, Theo, Jalil Farouk, mm-hmm. um, Drake Stoops, obviously. Um, Jaden Gibson, Gibson, Nick but, Anderson. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I haven't heard many people mention him, so it's definitely a outside the box one. As many names as you get uh, mentioned at that position. Nine one eight guy up from your neck of the woods, T Town. He's a Booker T guy. Went to Missouri. Uh, he's got really good size, six foot four, and can fly. Uh. He wears the number 13. I like I like a guy, TJ, that laughs in the face of superstition. And he's got speed. And when you're talking about guys that could stretch the defense, and we know this is something that Levy likes to do, this is a guy that is an option for that. He had a good year last year at Missouri. Not a great year, but a good year. And I think he's a guy that will fit in potentially – fit in really nicely with the offense that Levy wants to run. Got a little bit of experience, but size and speed, he's got them both. He's 6'4", and he can run. So I'm going to go. It's hard to find a guy nobody's talking about on offense, well, one. Because yeah, we've got I, a lot of people talking. Mm-hmm. But 
this is a guy I haven't heard a lot about that I do think could be – I don't think he's going to be their leading receiver. I'm not telling you that. But I do think he, he could be a guy that factors in. And at the end of the year, we say, you know what? J.J. Hester had a really nice season for them. Toby's hurt. LV Bunkley people. Shelton is the other guy, the other transfer. See, I've heard more about kind him of falls than I have into the JJ same Hester. category. Not as much, yeah. but I have heard some people mention him at least. By the way, BT Dub. Dot dot dot. Notre Dame was our number eight ranked team today. Yesterday, I started watching the Netflix. Oh, I did too. Manti I started it yesterday. Yeah. Teo Doc. I'm only halfway through the first episode. Maybe not even quite halfway through. Okay, we're similar then. Like it was like we were uh, same uh, same viewing habit yesterday. Then I think there's only two episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want to give anything away here, but did you know that the big reveal at the beginning had happened? I did not know that. I did. I did before. Well, because I had watched a preview for it, so they showed it in the preview. Uh, Other than that, but which was only like a day or so ago when I watched that. Uh, until then, no. And when I saw the preview, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So I watched an entire, I don't, I feel like it was an, I feel like it was some sort of an ESPN piece. There was a documentary on the Manti Teo uh, story that's been out there for the last year or so that I've watched, maybe a couple of years. It's not as in depth as this. It was like a you know a one hour thing, maybe like an E sixty or something like that. I don't know. And I don't remember this ever. They certainly did not have an interview with this person that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The the I mean uh, the 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 catfisher. Yes, I think we can say that the catfisher that uh, tricked Manti Teo. And I certainly didn't know this twist uh, about them. In that entire other documentary, and boom, it's like the opening scene of this one. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's see how this goes. But it's interesting. I mean, what a fascinating, sad, fascinating, amazing story. And the fact that, like, Notre Dame played OU on Owen Field that year and he had the one-handed interception and everything and just unbelievable. Unbelievable story, unbelievable situation. Uh, gave the TJ at 10 show uh, hours and hours of material back in the day, I remember. Um, but the, I, I think what you're saying is, like, we didn't know and we were surprised by it. Um, they even put the, the message up before the beginning of episode one, and it said there are many in this episode as it was filming that weren't aware of what we we're about to reveal here. Uh, I guess so when they talked in the ways that they talked to us as we get into this thing with interviews, they weren't aware during the filming, I guess. So, yeah, I don't want to give anything yeah. away because it's a nice little opening bomb that gets dropped. Do you feel you said you had a lot of fun with the Manti Teo story back in the day? We all did. Do you feel sorry for him now at all? As opposed to just being the never, butt of jokes? I would never think of thought at the time that it would have affected his life that it appears the way it has. We're, you know, 10 years later now. Um, I would have thought it was one of those stories that was kind of wild and crazy and the talk show circuits, you know, hammered it for a few months and then, you know, everything would have gone away for him and he would have gone on to a normal life. But it sounds like just early on in this thing that, there's been a lot of uh, struggle and stuff for him, which is, is surprising. So I would have thought most people, you know, 
After he got he, tricked. A, a he got so. tricked. Right, yeah. And Which happens a, a lot. He I mean, made they, a bat. They make a show out of it, it called but Catfish. It didn't, it didn't back then. We didn't know about it, certainly not as much. He got tricked, and then once he knew he was tricked, he just kept going, and he shouldn't have done that. But I do feel sorry for him Just you know, to a great extent. Well, I tell you this, that director trick, producer trick, whatever it is, is one of the great tricks right now. It's not even a trick. It, it, it's the use of the chair in the, the middle chair of the room. In the middle, the, the empty chair when they walk yes. out. Yeah, lots of people have used it, and every time they get me, and I'm like, whoa! Yeah. I know it's a great reveal <laughs> technique. There was the documentary about the uh, the guy, the you know, maybe in the last year that he had this wild life where he was running drugs for yes uh he jumped off the bridge and committed uh-huh. suicide committed, remember killed himself yeah on the... and then halfway through the episode he walks in and sits down in the chair and you're like <laughs> what what <laughs> what just have i thought he was dead the jeter uh, and jordan documentaries had someone walk out and sit down in the chair and you're like oh right at the end of the episode the jeter? i can't remember someone walked out and sat down and it may have been Derek jeter i don't remember someone sat in the chair and i'm like yes what a great ends. technique. They use it right off the bat in this Manti Teo doc. It's like you just see a room with an empty chair. And then somebody comes walking in and sits down, and you're like, oh, my God, holy cow. It's <laughs> <laughs> an exact quote, by the way. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, and I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. T-Row in the Morning Show, 8 o'clock hour, brought to you by RK Black. Document Management Network solutions for your small and medium-sized business across the state of Oklahoma or Kansas. Copiers, fax, printers, scanners. 405-943-9800 or visit them online. Find out what they're all about. RKBlack.com. Um, you have a guest next segment, right? Incorrect. Oh, incorrect. Okay. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna say if we needed to get to Gundy here, we could, or I'll get to some text then, and we can get to. Yeah, Gundy let's do. So, let's uh, read these Gundy quotes. You got them, or you want me to do it? Uh, I don't have them here in front of me. If you want to go ahead and grab them, I've seen them, but I haven't so, got them in front Gundy of me. Gundy talked to ESPN and uh, had some things to say about OU and Texas leaving the Big Twelve. Nothing necessarily new here but he continues to not be happy about it saying quote let's cut to the chase (laughs) i love when somebody starts with that by the way let's cut to the chase all right they made a choice to financially secure their athletic departments for the next 12 to 15 years people can talk about all the reasons but that's why they did it all for the money and took a lot of history out of this league and a lot of history out of college football with them now, they're not the first ones to do it. Texas A&M did the same thing when they jumped ship to the SEC. Uh, uh, he was asked about Bedlam and whether or not we this is going to be the end of the rivalry. Quote, they sort of made that decision when they left for the SEC, Gundy said. It's just not going to be feasible. We're scheduled out to 2036, I think. And I'm sure the SEC is going to nine conference games. They'll have to, or the media will kill them. 
The fans would love to keep playing Bedlam, but the people behind the doors who make the decisions are going to say no. That's why you lose some great rivalries and a lot of history. Um, that's never going to change. They're always going to talk about brands, and they're always going to be teams that get ranked in the preseason polls just because people think they're surely going to be a top 25 team. But those polls don't mean anything. Nothing counts until the end of the season, and our brand is growing on the field and off the field. We don't have the kind of logo that Texas does or Notre Dame does, but we're making strides where it counts. All right, what do you think, TJ? Anything in there about Bedlam or I mean, he's, chasing he's, money or anything? He's said a lot of this previously, like yeah. you said. Yes, they chased money. I mean, money's the deciding factor in uh, a majority of decisions that are made uh, in this world. Um, I think Mike's purpose in all of this is trying to make his brand seem more relevant than it is. And he's done a tremendous job with this program, and he's kept it at a level that no one's kept it at for this long, for a uh, you know long time now. Um, but I think he sees the writing on the wall here that he can sit here and keep beating his chest and saying the Big 12 is going to be fine and we're right there with everybody. And I think he knows there's going to be a significant drop-off when those two programs leave this conference. And he's trying to, he's trying to build his, his name and his brand and act like there's not going to be that drop-off. And it's just simply not true. Um, he's going to suffer from this. His program's going to suffer from it. And he knows. And he knows. And I, and I would be angry and salty over that, too. So, um, I mean, maybe that's the case. I, I think that's definitely possibly the case. But what if they run the Big 12? I mean, isn't the door open, and and we have this expansion to a 12-team playoff and everything, isn't the door open to Oklahoma State being a part of the playoff now, more so than in the past? I don't know. Here's the thing. You know, he's sitting there saying they chased the money and that they ended Bedlam. We've got this scheduled out until 20-whatever he said. I don't know if any of that's true. I don't know if anybody knows how this thing's going to be structured five, ten years from now. Um I don't know if Oklahoma State's going to be in a conference called the Big 12 in 10 years from now. I don't. It's changing so much that I don't know if an expanded playoff helps them. I don't know if they get left behind and they're in some other division eventually. I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm just saying I don't know what college football is going to look like. I don't know how it's yeah. even going to be structured. So I don't. I don't know that he can answer that or that I can answer that. And it could it, it could work out well for OSU. It, it, there, there's possibly, a possibility. Possibly it could. That uh, he's OSU put himself in a place to dog. where they're the big dog in that conference once those yeah, two leave. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Them and Baylor have put themselves in a really nice yeah. position. As far as the bedlam thing goes, um, you know, I, I, I think they're going. We're going to have bedlam. In every sport other than football, for sure. My Without opinion. a doubt, in my, my opinion. My opinion. Mine too, yeah. I agree with that. Basketball, baseball, softball, wrestling. It's just too much fun and it makes too much sense and everybody wants it and it's, you know, you can just drive there and all that kind of stuff. It's great. Of course they're going to keep playing each other. Uh, and it's not that complicated to figure out in football. He's trying to blame it on schedules being scheduled out till 2036 
maybe one game on your schedule scheduled out that far, but not all of your games in your non-conference schedule are scheduled out that far. And even if it was, you can move things around and make it work if you want to. So it's a matter of, it might be a matter of want to. And Teddy believes it's a matter of the TV people are going to tell him they have to play it. He thinks uh, ESPN's going to come in and say, you know, when they rework the Big 12 deal, that they want Bedlam to be a part of their package if they're going to play this, pay this much for it. You know, home games, OSU home games belong to whoever the uh, Big 12 TV partner is, and he thinks ESPN's going to tell him, you got to play Bedlam, if, you know, or it'll up the ante for everybody. I don't know if that's the case or not. That makes sense, but I don't know if that's the case or not. But, um, I mean, o- OU's like, okay, fine. I mean, we're going to be in the SEC. If you don't want to play, who cares? But everybody in the state wants to play it. We're willing to play it if you want to play it. If you don't, we're going to be playing Georgia and Texas A&M and Alabama and Tennessee, and our schedule's still going to be plenty fun. So knock yourself out. I, f- I feel like they've put OSU that I don't feel like. OSU's in the position here of trying to strong-arm this thing from a weak position. Trying to say, well, we're not going to play you. And I'm just going to be like, okay, fine. You let us know. When you're interested in playing Bedlam again, you let us know. And uh, when when your feelings aren't hurt anymore, whatever the case may be, you let us know. We'll be glad to play. It's fun for the state. Everybody in their offices and in their churches and in the schools and everything Wants the schools to play. One of the partners is willing to dance. And if you don't want to, understood. Your feelings are hurt. Go on about your way. But when you're ready, let us know. We'll be glad to play. He is he is right in one thing. OSU has lost their rival in football. If they play the other sports, yeah. that rivalry will still be there. OU's taking I think their the rival OSU with them. Fans are gonna, don't you think the OSU fans are going to at some point say, come on, man, we want Bedlam to come back? Well, because they don't have – like OU's taking their rival with them. They're going to the SEC. They're still going to play Texas. That's their rival. OSU depends on OU for that game. Like, I think I've mentioned this before. When you're bringing in these recruits – you're Ohio State, you're selling the Michigan game. When you're Alabama, you bring up Auburn, vice versa. Uh, Georgia, Florida, you bring up those rivalry games. OSU sold Oklahoma. Like, you can come here and play in this and have the paddles uh, banging on the right. side of the wall. They don't have a rival now in football. They just don't. No. I mean, and so he's right about that. They're they're. He said they're taking rivalries or however he said that or – Ruining rivalries. Which is why they should do everything possible to make the game happen. For them, yes. Yeah. Exactly right, because they have no one as a rival now in football. If OU, in the, in, now in the SEC, if OU loses OSU off their home schedule, uh, okay, that stinks because Bedlam's fun, but they still have a great home schedule to sell to their fans, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what year it is in the SEC. They're going to have a great right. home schedule. No, exactly and they're going right. to fill fill that spot with a non-conference game of some kind. Uh, hopefully they continue with the policy of having at least one attractive non-conference game every year. And This year it's Nebraska, so forth and so on. I don't know what the philosophy will be, but I hope that's the case. If, o- if OSU loses Bedlam off the schedule, there goes their premier game. That's it. That's the premier game. It's their premier game so and the game that the brings fans in are the casual say, Oklahoma State th- fan. Yeah. So, I don't know. I get it. They're mad. They would have done the same thing. the exa- And it still would, by the way. 
If the SEC calls today and says, hey, we want two more, we want you to be one of them. In a heartbeat. Every every SEC expansion move they've made has been because of money. Uh, the Big Ten pulling in USC, UCLA, money. Uh, Texas A&M when they jumped, money. It's it's all built around money and, yeah. and power and prestige, yeah. So. Yeah. Welcome to capitalism, right? Not that the whole, well, I'm not going to go down that road. but and That's why we wear T-shirts and stuff, right, Teach? Part of the reason anyway, so we'll be back. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. I respect how he goes. He shows up every day. He's super mature. Um, he wants to be excellent. Uh, very quiet, humble. Uh, one of our best workers. Uh, one of the most consistent guys on our team. Uh, right now, maybe playing better than anybody on defense. Um, if I was to single one person out. And only the biggest thing is he just had had uh, a bunch of dips. He's had plenty of mistakes, uh, like all of them. But uh, he, had, he has shown up every day with the right mindset to improve, to be better. Same thing in the meeting room. He's just very mature. Uh, he's hungry. He's prideful. He's got great humility and toughness to him. Not great audio quality there. Apologize Obviously, for that. Obviously, Kerry Murdoch standing nearby. Nah, that's not him. Uh, um... <laughs> Be nice. A blowhard. <laughs> that ah, is um, Brent Venables talking about uh, Billy Bowman. Billy Bowman saying he's playing as well as anybody on defense right now. And I'm excited to see him this year. He came in extremely highly touted last year. Somewhat minimal impact. And now it sounds like um, he's had a massive offseason. He and Schmitty have clicked. And he is right now being praised by the head coach about halfway through camp. So we shall see. Hey, quick phone call. I haven't talked to Doc B in a while. Let's see what Doc's got to say today. Good morning, Doctor. Hey there, guys. What's going on, Doc B? August 26th. August the 26th, do you say? Football. High school football. High school football begins August the 26th. Is that the big uh, opening big, night for Vianne? The big one is the big one is Vianne. Who do they open with this year, Doc? Washington. Vianne and Washington season opener. Yeah, is it yep. at Washington or at Vianne? Uh, Vianne. Yeah, it's a bit of a road trip to get there. I'm well, I hope Vianne has a great year this year, Doc. Yeah, I'm high forty. Go easy, high forty. Mm-hmm. Doc, thank you for the call. Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Okay, very good. Good to hear from you, brother. Take care. See ya. All right. That's a great Dr. B right there, TJ. was excited about the high school season getting underway. You can hear the whistles everywhere, TJ. Just walk outside. You can hear the whistles everywhere, can't you? Little League, college, high school. I don't know about Little League, but everybody else, junior high, whistles all over the place. The, uh, yeah, the youth leagues are underway and flag football Tears underway. Tears and yeah. whistles. That's what you hear, hear TJ. Everywhere. Tears and whistles. Boy, how about that terrible situation down in Dallas? Do you see that with the Keeb Talib's brother? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Got in a fight uh, uh, at a Little League football game and got shot People, and come on, man. I mean, nothing is that serious They were at unhappy. any level. They were unhappy with the officiating, and then they got in an argument with the officials, and it ended up with one coach shooting the other and killed him. And 
Yeah. Bad deal. Really, immediately when I saw the story, I thought about that time you were angry with the umpire after a Little League baseball game, and was, you confronted I, him after the game, but fortunately no, you it, didn't have a weapon on you That's the story you have twisted it into. That is not what happened, and nor would it have ever come to a point where I got hey, even physical way, with the individual, much less what happened. I mean, thankfully it fizzled before anything bad happened. Um, TJ, <laughs> I saw— You're such a jerk. <laughs> I saw the coolest water faucets I've ever seen in my life last night. Here's something what? we've never talked about on the show. What? So you've probably seen this. I don't get out much. Uh, I, I'm at the noble. I'm at the noble gym for this uh, volleyball game last night. Okay. And I go to the restroom, and in the public restroom there, they have. I'm. I turn around and to wash my hands, and I'm staring at a faucet I've never seen before in my life. And it's. Too, it's like a contraption that I'm like. I don't even know what I'm. How to use this thing. I was immediately taken back to this. Remember when I was a kid and I accidentally uh, 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 peed in the place where you're supposed to wash your hands? Yes. Because uh-huh. I didn't know what I was looking at. I was. <laughs> la- this faucet was so fancy last night. There are instructions on the wall of how to use it. They, they have instructions on the wall. And I, again, you've probably seen these all the time. Maybe these have been around for 20 years. I've never seen it before. So it's a faucet over a sink. And if you put your hands in the middle of it, water comes out. And if you put your hands on the outside of it, it blows hot air on your hands. It's all in one contraption, the the oh, water the, the, and the air the dryer. dryer. Yes, it's all in one I one never, I've never nozzle. seen that. No, I've never seen that. That makes me feel better because I couldn't what figure out. Of, like, I'm, what kind of Nassau spaceship were you playing volleyball in? I know. Night? Noble gymnasium. So I'm in there. I'm go to wash my hands, and then a, like it looks like maybe a high school kid, also two sinks over, comes to wash his hand, and he can tell I'm struggling trying to figure out this faucet. And I was, and he goes, he he showed me, he's like, here you got to put your hands out here to dry them, and I was like, oh, cool is that? Space age technology at Noble High School. So like people. the air comes out of the side of the sink? No, out of the side of the faucet. The faucet? The faucet has wings. So there's a, there's a nozzle that comes out, and then the, it has wings on it. So in the middle, if you put your hands just under the middle of it, that's where the water comes out. If you put your hands under the wings, which are attached to the faucet, air comes out. Ah, it's all one thing. I would have never figured that out, I don't think. Space-age technology. We Kudos have finally reached the Jetsons level. But we still don't have flying cars like George had. That's true. All right, uh, we got Chris Plank next segment, so hit me with whatever text uh, uh, you've got that you want to hit before we uh, go to break. We've got uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, Go Washington here. Um, hey, Toby, Brian, huge fan. Hope you're having a great day. Unhitch the wagon and put the ponies in the barn. Boomer, as always, he says. Okay. Uh, come on, guys. Gundy is not really mad. He's putting on a performance. Internally, he's happy OU is leaving. It puts him in a position to be top dog in the Big Maybe. 12. Uh, that, so. A lot of those similar texts of why does he care if OU leaves? It's a built-in win then that he may have with them leaving. So that's, um, why, that's why he doesn't want to play him anymore. I think. Toby, does OU all access air tonight on ESPN Plus? Yes, I think it's on there now. I think it's on. You know what? I shouldn't say that. It yeah, tonight and on the website. I believe. Let me see if it's on the website yet. I think it is on. 
In fact, I'm going to go to ESPN Plus right now, and on the other side of this break, I will hopefully have some answers for you on that. I'm eager to see that as well. Why is he complaining? OU size monkey gets off his back. Uh, what is Gundy uh, was afraid to say was OU has the same brand as a Notre Dame. Gundy's backside hurt. Why join the Big Twelve? Why the Big Twelve joined the teams that formed the Big Twelve was money. Um, a lot of people out there don't know Zach Schmidt. I have to say that very carefully. <laughs> That's the kicker. Maybe sure. right. TJ has declared he's won the starting job as OU's kicker this year. Uh, there was a vote here for uh, Jalil Farouk, but I, I've heard a lot of people talking yeah, about how he could be the surprise Farouk. guy. Yeah, I do think he'll have a big year, though. Uh, a lot yeah. of people getting after me about Iron Monk, uh, that I'm not into craft beer. I'm not. I'm not a big craft beer guy. I will openly admit that. Not an IPA guy. Um, they say Iron Monk's at the Walmarts, but I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't buy craft beer at Walmart? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Iron Monk Brewery in Stillwater, I'll even admit as an OU fan, it's pretty good. Steely Wheat, pretty good of, of right. Iron Monk. Uh, the, the craft beer's just, I, I don't get into it. My cousin showed up at the lake last night. 5.30 tonight. Yeah. Le- uh, showed up with uh, spicy pickle beer, some craft beer, and he's like, it's greatest beer ever, man. You got to try this. <laughs> I, I took a drink. I'm like, gross, man. It's like drinking out of a pickle jar. Like, there's nothing good about that. Oh, this spicy pickle beer. I get it at a fancy craft brewery. I was like, gross. 5.30 tonight on ESPN Plus, the debut of uh, All Access with OU Football, OU DNA. So there you go. All right, break time. Chris Plank next.